Welcome to Last Orders, the podcast about the podcast. We are going to talk with some of the players from the recent episode of the Crowded Tavern, more specifically, episode 6, The Trouble with Goblins. With me today, I have my trusted friend and ally, Amanda. Say hi, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. And we also have two guests with us, as per usual. Uh, we have Rick, aka Lee. Hello, hello, hello. And Danny, aka Auburn. Hiya. Hello. And uh, we had quite the episode with quite uh, a, a bit of combat, um, which I think was about time um, because we had two episodes prior to this without combat. So uh, here we are. We are back. <laughs> we, we fought. We fought stuff. We did some of the things you do in D and D. But before we jump into that, how is everyone doing today? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I've had a very stressful week. And I'm glad that it's the weekend. I was supposed to be in Plymouth this weekend, and I was supposed to be on a coach right now, but all of that got cancelled because people weren't feeling great. So whilst it sucks that I'm not seeing people, I'm also glad just to be relaxing and having a nice, relaxed week. Yes. Awesome. Nice. I'm also having a relaxing weekend. I was sick, very sick, um, for like a week. And... Um, I am not recovered yet. I'm just exhausted right. and like so tired. And I'm also think like maybe I burned out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I've like spent my entire week like reevaluating my priorities. And now this weekend I'm like, I'm doing nothing except for sitting on my butt reading because I can't go anywhere because I sprained my ankle. Um, so I can't actually go anywhere. So sitting on my butt reading, maybe play some games, maybe record some podcasts with you. How did you sprain your ankle? I face planted on Tottenham Court Road. Oh yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yep. Oh dear. Think, thanks for making me make that very public. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you face planted on Tottenham Court Road. It was very public. But nobody seems to have caught it. I didn't find a clip on TikTok, so it was under wraps. Like it was only me and the 100 people that saw. <laughs> it's there somewhere. It's you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone's listening, if you could scour TikTok and try and find someone face planting on Tottenham Court Road. What was it, Daniel? Nope. 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 <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can totally feel it. I've been tired this whole week as well. I think it also might have something to do with the time of the year. <laughs> Just. Uh, not enough sun, just out of energy. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. All right, um, Danny. How are you, Danny? How are you, Danny? I'm just fine. Nothing special here. <laughs> just fine. Just Danny. Just yeah. Just chill. Love well, it. The the reason that Danny is not tired or and just loves life is because he don't have any social media platforms that he's checking every day i think that is the conclusion right that's true honestly i literally tweeted out this week that i'm sick of twitter my twitter is just people arguing with each other um people like subtweeting nasty things about other people people telling people what to do with their lives and like literally over 50 percent of that isn't even from accounts i follow um Mm -hmm. because twitter has started an algorithm where it's just putting random accounts on your on your feed now so you see stuff that you don't follow um so usually my tactic of telling people like well your social media accounts are like completely in your control you you know you you see what you create curate right so if you don't want to see that just get rid of it that's not actually a thing anymore at least on twitter Mm. because Mm. i just see things i don't want to see so um it's the same on instagram yeah yeah it's not fun it's not fun what what do you do on the internet danny I play games. <laughs> yeah, how do you do this internet without the social media part? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I use Facebook, but I only use it to send memes and schedule D and D. Do you actually use Do you actually use Facebook or do you just use Messenger? I use Messenger. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, no, not even Facebook. No. Yeah, my Facebook is now what I use to figure out LARP and mm. some D&D and that's it. That's literally what I use Facebook for. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, what did we actually do in the episode? Um, 
Why can you never remember? I don't know. <laughs> we had like a nice yeah, little man. conversation after uh, meeting Wartham. You did have a there, conversation. There, about there was a conversation about meeting Wartham. He's your new best friend, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's someone's new best friend. <laughs> Maybe. At the end of the episode, as things go by, he is someone's new best friend. Yes. True. Uh, well, there we go. There we go. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, you did you did have a prost prost Wartham uh, conversation um, where I guess yeah don't really trust that guy I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funny that. Funny. Hmm. I wonder why he seems yeah. so trustworthy. Yeah. No. Don't. Not. Not a fan. Not a fan of Wartham. Um, mainly because it sounds like I'm saying my own goddamn name every time I say his, uh, his name, um, which is still really confusing to me. Um, but uh, no, not a fan of him, not a fan of him showing up, being creepy and then moving. I'm not entirely sure. There was a, I don't know how long the conversation was, I can't quite remember, but there was a mini conversation of like, we were like questioning his actual power, and I didn't like that one bit. Um, and we were like talking about whether or not he's actually powerful if he was just like, you know, playing bravado because he knows mm-hmm. the wind or anything about him. Um, and I, Arlene, didn't really care too much, but I didn't like that conversation at all. <laughs> like, this is not what we should be doing when meeting clearly quite a shady, potentially very powerful entity for the first time. It's just been like, he's not powerful, he's just bluffing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like that conversation. He's not going to show us how powerful he is. No, no. He's not going to make, you know, balloon animals with my intestines. It's <laughs> fine. It's all good. Uh, it's no problem whatsoever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, not not a fan. Not a fan. Um, and, um, but I, I think we did, we, we came to a conclusion, which is, you know, keep my arms bay and just do what we were planning on doing. So I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. And that's totally why you put uh, Benjamin in our tent, right? Because of his yeah. connection yeah. with Wartham. Mm-hmm. It's the only reason. Yeah. No other reason. Yeah. <laughs> we really didn't want Jake to be there this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Yeah, Jake was completely available for the episode, but we said no. Yeah. <laughs> We'd had enough. <laughs> <laughs> we need a break from the child, okay? <laughs> <laughs> enough is enough. We're not um, babysitters. <laughs> Speaking of people that you completely and one hundred percent loves, um, Thrak also had a, a quick appearance uh, just because you needed to park Benjamin somewhere. Um, and once again, a uh, little insight uh, is that Thrak once again rolled exceptionally low on on his insight check, and it's sort of just becoming. Him. He, that's that's just, you know, a character thing now. I don't even think I need to roll for him anymore because apparently inside checks doesn't work for him. No. I feel like he's just sick of our bullshit and is just going to, you know what? I don't care. Do whatever you got to do. Yeah, because he, like, he wants to control the, the adventurers, but he definitely can't control them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just when we find out that we think we're in control, but the entire camp is like, who the fuck are those five assholes <laughs> running around when our leader is like standing right there actually sorting everything out? Um, they're, they're just going to be like, the, the track was here the whole time. You guys were always awake. <laughs> Which is fair, to be honest. Yes. Never around where they seem to need us. Also, how did we only just figure out there's a pregnant woman on this entire situation? <laughs> like, oh my god, I forgot about the pregnant no. woman. <laughs> we did we did shuffle away from her quite quickly because we almost gave up Wartam. Um, but That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite understand how that happened or why that was allowed. And don't get me wrong, I know they're civilians and I'm not saying that pregnant women shouldn't be allowed to do things. But throwing a pregnant woman through a portal to another world doesn't seem like the correct course of action. It really um, doesn't. Well, <laughs> my my personal view of the IAC is that they're, that they're, <laughs> they're set up to be like this huge, very professional company, but they're definitely not... <laughs> things keep going wrong absolutely just winging it a child snuck through uh, they hired Auburn to be (laughs) the security (laughs) Uh, I'm so happy that 
because that is sort of how I imagined them being uh, in setting it all up. And I'm, I'm happy that it's shining through. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> like, this is fucked up. So I, and I, know, hmm? I know you said that, like, it's for civilians and whatnot, but I am reminded of the first episode of how we actually got into the situation, which is we were funneled into channels and literally shoved <laughs> through a portal. And now I'm imagining that there was a pregnant woman in the chaos of all of that as well. well. You, you have to remember that there were also civilians, and the civilians were in those buses. Um, so she she were definitely... Okay, yeah, yeah, so the the people who, yeah. were, who were being shoved through were, were personnel, because... You know, you can do that to personnel. You can't do that to civilians. <laughs> personnel and Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin was on a bus. Yeah, he was on the bus. I was in a bus. He oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He yeah. snuck onto a bus. That's how uh, Auburn didn't see him. Right. No. Right. <laughs> Good job, Auburn. Well done. <laughs> really keeping this together. I have security. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that meme of Ralph Bigham on the back of the bus. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wanted to say something, but I completely forgot it. <laughs> um. All right. but clearly, oh. Auburn was the right choice. <laughs> Otherwise, the story couldn't happen. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh yeah, the, the the pregnant pregnant woman. It was actually something that I had in my mind at least planned for a little, to, to just you know you guys meeting her a little bit earlier in the story. Um, but uh, you know, just things happened. It's D and D. Players do do shit, <laughs> and and we never really got around. It yeah, didn't really f- it didn't really fit in uh, anywhere else. So I thought now it was would be a good time to just you know because now I could use it to actually show that. Sure, you have your guide back, but it's not everyone that has their, you know, access uh, uh, restored. So, so I thought it, it would fit quite in uh, well with that. So. Which is weird because we did ask Wartime for everyone's guide back, yeah. and from at least the understanding I got, he agreed to that to somewhat, to some extent. And everyone that spoke to him got their powers back, right? Hmm. But Neza spoke to him too. Yeah, she, she has access to her guide in the way that she has access to her guide. Okay. Okay. It's true. Well, not everyone, still... not all of them can can speak. Thank God, you know, more DM work to do. No. <laughs> <laughs> also, Auburn's uh, thing was more him just learning to do better. He didn't yeah. actually get some. Uh, form of power back just got better yeah I did like the mini Auburn like training montage scene mm-hmm. with like Mulan's let's get bound to business <laughs> like in the background <laughs> yeah. that's how I saw it playing out in my head um, exactly Marty can you please put that music <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that you've already edited the episode make this change <laughs> He's, he struggles at first, but then and then he loses the respect of the others, but then he gains it back. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I don't know. Have you seen uh, Auburn in that battle? But I'm. Fight? That's not Auburn. Oh, it is. It's just the other part of Auburn. Just <laughs> still a bit odd. I'm not entirely sure how to. Give me a second, sorry. Someone's knocking at my door. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's the postman. I've got Mulan in my head now. Maybe, it, maybe it's her neighbor inviting them over for murder tea. <laughs> it's just, that's just a thing now, murder tea. Murder tea. Yeah. Yep. Tell him to go away, Rick. <laughs> this conversation is entirely too long. <laughs> there he comes. Woo! Was it Amanda's neighbor? Murdered me. <laughs> 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 invited the island for some tea. Um... <laughs> 
No, I have a neighbor. I have a family who live next door. Um, and it's like a couple and their two kids. And one of the kids knocked on my door and said they've been trying to knock on their door to get into their house, but no one's answering the door. And they were like scared. They were worried. They're like nine Aww. years old. So I knocked on the door and the parents answered immediately. <laughs> and I was like, here's your child. <laughs> um, and that was that. So that was very odd. I don't really know what that was about. Um, but the kids so seemed really distressed, like Aww. really quite worried. So I don't know if they were just not knocking hard enough or something. I don't know. But anyway. You did your good deed for today. I did. I can be an absolute asshole for the rest of the day now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> During the summers here in uh, Copenhagen, we have a big backyard to the apartments and the kids play out there and then they shout at their parents to let them in. And oh, sometimes gosh. the parents don't hear them and then they get distressed. <laughs> <laughs> Just stuck outside. I mean, fair, to be honest. <laughs> so... After a while, you then decided to go and, and meet up with the goblins, and you went back to the clearing and uh, you had a little sit and wait. Um, so, what were your thoughts at this point when nobody showed up? I mean, at first, I thought potentially something could have gone wrong, um, but also I'm learning not to kind of care too much about what's happening in this world not care too much that's incorrect because that makes it sound like i'm not caring about the game which i am a lot but like things go weird all the time and i'm not trying to learn to roll with that a little bit um so i was like we can wait we can hang like i'm not going to try and force anything here um but um i think i was quite eager to uh use my spells after you gave me some of my spells back so i wasted some spell slots <laughs> trying to keep us silent uh for literally no reason whatsoever that was great um but outside of that yeah At i was just like work. you know what i'm rolling with this yeah though they, they work yeah which is great um just need to time them a little bit better that was a couple of hours out um <laughs> but yeah no um i i was just like you know what i'm just gonna let what happens happens here um i don't think I was super eager to go looking for trouble either, um, given, you know, we had the conversation about whether or not we want to take the mag cans. Um, the mag cans now have several dead bodies on them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is something that we're kind of ignoring. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, um, I was just like, I'm just going to let what happens happen here. I'm not going to try and go out for potential danger. Which is essentially and, what we ended up doing. But, you know, I tried my best. So. <laughs> you know, that part about the bodies was really strange for me to to roleplay Auburn in because I was like, Auburn wouldn't do this. But, <laughs> but then again, Auburn has been hanging around uh, this necromancer owl for a while and he knows uh, that he's using these te- the dead bodies. So he, he knows it's not for some you know, sick purpose. <laughs> but still, definition of sick. <laughs> but still, it's 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 not just something you do, just shoving bodies in, <laughs> into something. Mm-hmm. So I was just like that. What, what would Auburn be doing here? And I, I wouldn't, I didn't want to be just like, no, <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, well no one was stopping us <laughs> I just love how you know just a you know a day a, a, you know a session that just started out you know pretty quietly and all of a sudden we're talking about shoving dead bodies into a portable hole and I, I just don't know how that escalated so quickly <laughs> well my my reasoning was also that well we we left the bodies there so clearly we don't really care that much about them <laughs> that's <laughs> true they weren't buried i feel like maybe the the people would have buried them maybe because they probably started to smell like yeah. flies and shit well, they were I mean, too busy apparently <laughs> The only bodies we cared about were the spider bodies, and that was because, and we almost came to the conclusion of burning the entire forest down to stop them from uh, reanimating. Um, I mean, I'm still not opposed to that. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> I feel like when when Strix was like, 
let's get the bodies. Nessa was just like, I don't care what you do. We're going to meet or we're going to see the goblins. Just do what you got to do. I'm focused on this other task at hand. <laughs> yeah, because there was a little bit of arguing. I, I felt like between Strix and Nessa and, and yeah, the, the, the what's it called? Um, the Mac cans um, already before you left out, uh, you, you left the camp. So mm-hmm. um, kind of kind of interesting to see when then the dead bodies <laughs> situation came up. Um, I mean, she understands, you know, science, magic. He's got to do what he's got to do. She was like, just don't take my magic. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we aren't going to have any mech cans left. <laughs> yeah, it is, we're, I think we're long past like, oh, it's science and magic. It's fine to strict potentially having a serious addiction problem. Um, <laughs> and no one's really doing anything about it. Uh, so, I mean, we're. I, I'm trying. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 my biggest takeaway from this episode, honestly, well, one of the biggest takeaways from this episode was I'm a little actually concerned about unhinged, how unhinged Strix genuinely is when it comes to magic. Because um, I don't think it's... At first, I thought it was, ha, 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 he likes magic. And now I'm like, oh, fuck, shit, he really likes magic. Um, <laughs> and we're, like, walking into areas to try and get these mag cans that I don't think are going to be used for the purpose that he wants to use. Well, we want to use them for. I think he has a very different idea of what they could be used for. Um, mm. Yeah, it's de- he's me. definitely going to beg every time uh, there's something. He's going yeah. to argue that he has to use the mag can. Also, something that was never spoken about, really, um, and I don't know if it's too late to bring it up, um, is we said nothing about him literally stealing all the spell stones and then using them for his own ritual. I don't think many of us saw saw him do it. I I don't think so, because he took them all while you were not there. And he didn't when he mm-hmm. when that ritual happened, he didn't you know train them on purpose. He just he was just so um, what's it called? Um, not frustrated. He was uh, he just need, you know he just needed to to make something happen. So he, he just pulled from every every source that he could, and uh, so he, he drained them by you know by a mistake by mistake basically. Um, okay. But they were still in his possession, so I don't think he necessarily knew that he had them, if I remember correctly. Okay. Still don't know if I trust it, but sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, then, or or arrived, um, kind of a little bit upset. Uh, things that had had actually been happening. Some some things had gone wrong, and that were probably most likely either they were a little bit late, um, and you just without any hesitation just followed her mm-hmm. was, yeah was there any, any thoughts about that um, uh, yeah any thoughts about that <laughs> well I thought about having Auburn object but Auburn's uh, pretty much just does uh, whatever Nessa wants uh, to do when she wants to do something he's, he's not going to argue he's just going to do it the so. way it should be <laughs> 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 Yeah, I think there was clearly something up, right? There was clearly something going on. Um, and given, from Arlene's perspective, given that when I first saw Neza and Or interacting, like, Or was clearly quite suspicious and quite, um, like, concerned kind of thing. So seeing Or kind of throw caution to the wind because she was clearly scared about something or anxious or upset about something meant that I was kind of like, okay, there's a level of trust just be had implicitly here because mm-hmm. she's upset and she's not not upset. The word I'm looking for is panicked, distressed. kind of, yeah, distressed. That's kind of yeah, distressed. Um, and if she in that moment trusts us enough, then it's only kind of fair to return that trust. Was mm-hmm. my kind of take mm-hmm. on it anyway. No, I mean, uh, I I really liked that you did that because uh, you know some some players could 
most definitely have been like, you know, hey, um, what's going on? I don't quite trust the situation, you know. Um, so I was I was happy that we didn't have to do too much push and pull just in that situation because yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of just wanted to to progress the story as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah. She's apparently a pretty good tracker. Auburn had difficulty uh, keeping up, according to the dice. Um, <laughs> so she she brought you to the to the cave, where you then ran into these twisted versions of goblins. Very yeah, what was that about? They had one eye. That freaked me out. I didn't like that. <laughs> well, it was weird. I'm like, these are not goblins. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. <laughs> Is that confirmed? Yeah. They're definitely not goblins. Because one of the questions I had was, can we save them? Mm. Um, which we didn't really figure out. We just started murdering them. Um, <laughs> I so. mean, that's too late to figure out, isn't it? If your kids killed yeah, them. <laughs> I mean, we can always bring them back to life. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's your family. <laughs> <laughs> Go and give them a hug. <laughs> A really gross hug. <laughs> well, that being said, though, something that we didn't have a chance to properly explore and is still concerning me is that we detected necromatic magic on these things. But Wartam specifically said that necromancy was new to him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I actually spoke to Adam about it because I was afraid that I had made a, a small mistake. But no, I think it's not necromancy, but it's uh, necrotic magic. Um, so it's just a type of damage that is not necessarily oh, okay. necromancy. Um, right, okay. That may have been my misunderstanding. That makes a bit more sense. I was a little bit scared because I was like, huh, yeah. this is like necromancy and Wartime didn't think that necromancy was here. And that opens up a whole new can of worms of what could potentially be changing them. Um, yeah, because I did make a mental note of it when you said it, because I was like, oh, hmm, did I make a, a, make a mistake here? Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's two different things. So, or, okay. I mean, it's, yeah. it's sort of like in the same school uh, area, but you can yeah, still yeah, yeah, yeah. do yeah. Ne- necrotic damage without uh, being a necromancer, I guess. That's I'm fair. really, really interested in what actually did it to them, because hmm. I don't think... It was Wharton. Why? I'm intrigued as to why you think that. Why would he do that? It, 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 it happened before we even arrived. Because he said, he literally said to us he was bored. Well, true. <laughs> it might be, it might be him, but uh, I think. Oh, you might be right. You might. No, no, no. <laughs> let, let, let us hear your thoughts. I want to hear these thoughts. It's it's fun. <laughs> well, clear, clearly there are other forces at work also in this world than Wartem. There's the there's the dragon. Uh, I don't think Wartem can do anything about the dragon, uh, and he doesn't know everything that happens uh, in the world. He didn't know about the Mad Cans. He didn't know about. Uh, the necromancy uh, and such so he doesn't know everything these are true these are true facts I still think it's him because um, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him um, I, I don't I think it was don't. him I don't know who I don't have like a secondary suspicion but I don't think it was Wardham either I think he would have been playing around with monsters way way more if he if he was bored like that. I think, so, Or Marty, remind me exactly what Or said in terms of these things. She said that they returned from somewhere and they were different. They had changed. They, they disappeared and they changed. Um, and it was like a whole and then like village of them, right? Not like just a couple of them. It was like a whole... Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I don't think we can be went into specific numbers except that she said okay. was, some of them were her friends uh, or old friends yeah. and they had disappeared uh, but yeah it, it seems like it was like a, a larger chunk um, that had disappeared. and they were gone for a while as well they were gone for like a month or something and then um, when they returned I don't remember how long I said um, okay I think you said a week or so a week yeah, maybe yeah. I just yeah. yeah. okay. they might have been gone for a week uh, and I think it happened a month ago um, that was it yeah sorry like that was right yeah I think that's the, yeah 
And um, now they were they were evil and taking other goblins. Yeah. They turned bad. They had changed, so they had physically changed. Um, but I, I kept it specifically wake because I also sort of... Uh, I'm feeling like these goblins are also sort of tribal uh, and not don't necessarily has an evolved language as as you you guys have. Um, so that's also when I'm I'm trying to not use too many words when I'm I'm playing her uh, in in your mind just because I don't think that they necessarily have words for everything yet. So yeah, they're like Stone Age goblins. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so so yeah, so they had changed. It was what I said, but yeah, it was a, the physical change that you saw when you then met them and dead when they all of a sudden had claws and and uh, yeah, twisted into only having one eye and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think obviously like we had to deal with the immediate threat and that's where the last session ended but I would like to spend some time trying to figure out what they are um, mm-hmm. now that we've kind of maybe I don't know we haven't explored the rest of this cave yet there could be like a hundred of them around the corner um, yeah. God, I but, hope not <laughs> yeah um, but I have I have yeah I have concerns and I would like to investigate we also only found one goblin so far yep mm-hmm. so. yeah so there should be more survivors down there in theory. hopefully hopefully <laughs> unless they're also being changed Mm-mm. yeah that would not be nice no no <laughs> also the wolves seem to be okay with them the wolves which is interesting mm-hmm. Yeah, because they had they were they had wolves with them, which you mentioned hadn't been changed. Because I, for some reason, I can't remember why, I, I was under the impression they were a bit gribbly as well, but um, they weren't. So the natural kind of non-touched wolves seem to be fine with them and not kind of put off by them, which is interesting. True. Yeah. I mean, they, they have wolves. It definitely has nothing to do with me. I'm wanting to have a few different kinds of animals uh, uh, <laughs> in there. See, this is what you have to understand, that as a player, I'm going to look into every possible thing yeah. that you put in front of me yeah. and f- f- make it a reason as to why. It has meaning. Wrong. It must. <laughs> Obviously, it must have well, now it have. Now it does have yeah. meaning. I just need to yeah. figure it out. <laughs> Um, they're, they're the case of the of the villains who are actually nice to animals, but not to uh, to humanoids. No. <laughs> they prefer animals, just like me. I like cats. So. Me too. I like cats too. Don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Danny, do you have a cat? I want a cat, but I don't have a cat. I can't have pets where I live. They don't know. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be it. It won't be as good for it because it can't get out. And it's the city. I'd oh, like to have... must, yeah, Gambit's an indoor cat, so he doesn't mm. go out. Because I'm very much the same. I'm in the middle of the city, so I don't want to let him out. Um, mm. But he seems happy. If they there's enough be. to do inside, cats are happy inside. Mm. And it's the norm in North America, indoor cats. Yeah, well, you see, this place where I live uh, is very cheap compared to how large my apartment is and where I live because it's not modernized. Mm-hmm. So any reason they can find to kick you out, they will. <laughs> That's <fair. laughs> You're playing too much D&D. Get out! <laughs> is there such a thing? There is no such thing. <laughs> Absolutely no such thing. There's too much D&D. You play too little then. Get out! <laughs> <laughs> Reasons! <laughs> Right. Also, uh, uh, I was really uh, happy for uh, my own character uh, having the moment where he had to cross the line mm-hmm. uh, and actually kill something. <laughs> Did he actually get a kill? Because I don't remember. He got like three kills. Three kills. Yeah. There we go. Because okay. um, I think Nessa went down fairly early on, um, mm-hmm. got brought back up, and then all went down. Thank you. And then all went down specifically because of a mob that Auburn could have killed but chose not to. Yes. Um, 
and I was constantly targeting the mobs that weren't uh, weren't badly hurt, <laughs> of course. Nope. And then this one was dead, and then Orr runs up to it and get uh, gets beat down. Mm-hmm. And then Orr just but that was my fault. I could have killed it. Yeah. And then she wouldn't have gotten hurt. And then the reason he actually started uh, killing uh, was because Anissa went down inside the cave, uh, and uh, he just uh, he just saw red. So it wasn't so much that he, if Nessa hadn't gone down, maybe he still wouldn't have uh, have killed. Uh, but seeing her go down, he just realized uh, in his form that he has to kill uh, in order to protect his friends. So that's going to be really fun <laughs> when he comes down from. Yeah, I was about to say that. Uh, fun unpacking that one. It will be, yeah, because that will basically happen right when we begin. Yeah. Potentially, I think we will might have a little bit of a Benjamin things happening first, but. Um, but yeah, he, he, because it don't, it's only lasts a minute, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's only shifted for one minute whenever he shifts. So in in forty seconds, something like <laughs> yeah. that. Thirty seconds from now. <laughs> well, the, the dice were really good at uh, telling the story then, because uh, he was just critting and then crit failing and just yeah. ram- just going on a full on rampage. And I, I uh, figured it, it would be like, you know, because even though deer are skittish, when they get angry, they are really dangerous. So mm-hmm. I, I just figured he, his animal instinct took over and he just started killing. I absolutely could see it happen. Like, I saw that shift and he, Auburn was just like, no, fuck this. Fuck these guys. They're all going down. I'm going to take out every <laughs> single one of them. <laughs> How often? I would have loved to help, really but my guy said no. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what what that was all about because every time I had to roll for an attack for ore, it was horribly bad rolls, and every time I needed to roll a um, like a saving throw, it rolled exceptionally high. So I don't really know. Maybe it's just again the dice is telling some kind of underliving story that we maybe should pay attention to. <laughs> the story is that you can give everything you could give arlim every spell with unlimited spell slots and i'd still be fucking useless i think that's what the story is that, no what the story is. i think i could cast wish and it would go badly somehow um so, you know universe says no yeah god intervenes and nothing happens sorry um, it's really, really hard for Auburn to miss anything because his modifiers are huge, especially when he uses his bow. He gets plus 10 to hit <laughs> with the bow and plus 8 to hit <laughs> with nice. his swords. Yeah, and I mean, uh, but it's, on, on these it's basically all he can do. Uh, <laughs> he's a fighter. <laughs> he's supposed to just hit things. Yeah, yeah because I mean, with these mobs, the, the, these monsters that we were fighting, you know, you just needed to hit a plus 10 yeah you just needed to hit a five on the die and you would be yeah. fine. <laughs> which is crazy um whereas i don't really know what happened with all those saves uh, saving throws that's rude really yeah. i had some great saving throws yeah you did yeah. <laughs> so did the monsters <laughs> Um, I thought I'd like fix the system by changing to my knives as well and I had like the one round where I hit a couple things and then they also went to rolling the <laughs> sub fives and I was like cool yeah, it's just cool. it's one of those days I guess yeah so I just caught up into a corner and cried <laughs> <laughs> But I, I do, I do sort of find, find that a lot of time when stuff like that happens, it's it's like you you can have like three really good sessions in a row, and then just one session where everything just misses, everything just you know the, the die just won't <laughs> play mm-hmm. along with you, and I, yeah, it's it's weird. Not interested. It's weird how they do not want to know. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that I really loved though was Strix's spellcasting, aka Adam's yes. descriptions of what he was doing. Those were really cool. I loved them. It was so creepy. <laughs> Which is... I was about to say, yeah, it's cool the word we're using for that, or... <laughs> I mean, out of character, oh, so cool. In character, <laughs> hmm, who did we bring with us? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's go. Cool, yeah. Imagine what he could do if he had a mech gun. 
honestly. <laughs> like, maybe I definitely don't want them in, in these baskets. <laughs> I mean, that's also a good point that we missed from the start of the episode, which is the second we allowed him some sort of power, he immediately summoned a, the biggest, most attention-seeking spell he could possibly like use in his arsenal mm-hmm. um, with an unnatural lightning bolt. Um, so that was great <laughs> as well. That was just awesome. Um, I mean, if you need to test if things work, you know. Go big or go home. Yeah. I don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, I'm saying that about Strix, but I'm leaning towards also Adam now as well. I'm a bit like, I don't trust him. I don't got black, bro. What the fuck? I love the way Adam plays Strix. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. So, so good. good. So creepy. So, like, unnerving. Like, my my character, like, Neza is, like, a bit weird. And me, I'm like, this is really weird. <laughs> but he's but he's also really cute. Because yeah. <laughs> he has his, his zombies that he loves. <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Just uh, looking back that he was like, don't kill my zombies. I love them. But what? <laughs> yep. Again, I don't know if cute is the word we should be using for this. <laughs> I don't know. Like The more of Strix's character I I learn about, the more I'm like, you're not a cute owl. You are unhinged on an odd degree. Yeah, owls aren't cute, though. Like, they're terrifying creatures. Have you seen the pictures of people who lift their feathers up? How long their legs go on for? Super long <laughs> legs. Have you seen the ones where, like, they're wet? They look like they're going to come and murder you in your sleep. They wet. might not even wait until you're asleep. And that is the ex- that's exactly <laughs> what what Adam told me when he was describing his character to uh, to me was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rick, just, is, just, Rick has just seen it. That was I amazing. love that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Adam did say that you know uh, owls are actually heavy metal as fuck. Is the, the 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 direct quote, not even paraphrasing. Amazing. Um, and I think that's what he wanted to capture in 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 um, in Strix, and, and I guess he has succeeded so far. <laughs> oh, he has. He has. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to put Strix to a waterfall after seeing these images at some point. <laughs> yeah. Just a downpour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inside the, the cave. I don't care. <laughs> just make it happen. <laughs> The whole party just goes, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Sorry, let me close that window because I'm going to get very distracted otherwise. (laughs) Perfectly fine. So any any other favorite moments that we have missed uh, from this episode? Or have we been through everything? Um, Obviously the very ending... The cliffhanger yeah. ending that we oh, had yeah. of someone clearly meeting Wartam. Or at least it sounds like it's Wartam. You didn't say Wartam. I did say I did use his name. Oh, did you uh, say? Okay, cool. Yes, Brilliant. Yes. Okay, I missed that. My bad. Yeah. Um, but he's making a friend with someone else. And Danny said right at the end that you were like, I know who that is, but I'm not going to say anything. And I feel like <laughs> this is a perfect opportunity to tell us who you think it is. Do you want me to say who I think it is? Yeah, I want to know what's going around your head. I think it's it's Coxie. Who's the the person that uh, Auburn saved twice? Mm. Oh yeah, they did say that they were useless, didn't they? They felt they useless. said they got they got into they keep getting into trouble. Yeah. Interesting. But it sounds Oops. like they sought Wartam out, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. I think it's the person, and I don't think it's the same person. I don't think it's them, but the, that ran over and got us for help for the pregnant lady. She's an elf. Ly- Lyrae. Lyrae, yes. Yeah, she's an elf. She's an elf, and it was a human. It was a human. Yeah. Never mind. Coxie is a human. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. And the pregnant lady was also elf. I think so. As well. Yeah. I just yes. grabbed the random yeah, species. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, we can forget about the pregnant lady. She's not important. Um, <laughs> it's her baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep getting into trouble. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it could be Caxi. I, I didn't think of that at all. But yeah, mm-hmm. could be, could be, could be, could be. Um, at I'm least that makes think. sense for me because he, uh, 
he was almost killed uh, flying out of the portal, and he was almost killed by spiders. And he also knew where the spiders were. But how would he be able to like communicate with Wartham? Maybe Wartham, uh, Wartham just knows. Or was watching. Maybe. He does work in like sneaky, mysterious ways. So, for all we know, like he could have been sending. He could have sensed like their, you know, desperation, and he did that with. Benjamin, right? Benjamin just was thinking about wanting a friend, and that was enough for Wharton to be able to manipulate. Is that the right word? I don't know. Mm, but true. Con- converse. Come on, my decent. I think maybe we could uh, be seeing Wharton like recruiting people from uh, from the camp for like his own little cult or something. Which again, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> We're not supposed to like Wharton. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can to make him very likable. Whoa, okay, something happened behind Danny. Was my, okay. was my wife. Is she okay? <laughs> She's fine. Okay. Um, so, um, so you want us to like Wharton? Yeah, he's like such a great guy. Doing everything mm-hmm. I can. He's just misunderstood. Exactly. He's never had a friend. No. He doesn't know how to. <laughs> he never had a friend like him. <laughs> I crashed my... that karaoke. You did. Awesome. Thank you. It's one of my songs as well. <laughs> my character that I play D and D with uh, Marty uh, and Lennart uh, with, who is uh, the warlock of the genie use that very phrase uh, you've never had a friend like me <laughs> to this and no one noticed no one noticed Aww. speaking of awesome Aladdin references completely sidetracked um, there is in Team Fortress 2 there's a dagger called the eternal reward and it took me forever to realize that that was a reference to Aladdin for when Jafar is like holding the dagger and goes your eternal reward to stab Aladdin um, <laughs> took me far too long to realize what that was <laughs> All right. One quick thing that uh, we can talk about here towards the end was how how did you feel about having something like this, like you know, a cliffhanger that doesn't that happens somewhere else? Because I know that does like camp A and camp B. One camp is like, oh, if you weren't there, you, then you you as the players wouldn't know. And then there's uh, the other camp who's like thinking these type of things awesome. Um, how do you feel about uh, about yeah, this small this thing happening outside away from you? I like it. I think it's good. I personally, like, as long as you're understanding of that and as a player, you don't use that in a metagamey way and be like, oh, I'm just going to go to this outlet, this, this little enclosure. <laughs> um, like, I'm, I think it's fine. I think it's world building, right? It's it's an understanding of what's going on in the wider world so that we as players understand it, but our characters don't. And I think if you can't distinguish the two of them, then that's the problem, not that other things are happening that you're kind of being made aware of. Mm. I think it would be dangerous to do to new players because they would definitely metagame it, but experienced players would just say, my character doesn't know this, Mm. and then Mm. keep playing. I agree. Um, I think, like, as a player, I think it's really, really, really cool. Um, And I was not expecting it at all. It was like a Marvel end scene. I was like, oh my, wow, (laughs) what's happening? This is so cool. But, like, I also know that Neza has no idea. And I... I'm remarkably good at my characters being totally oblivious to things in game that don't happen to her because I don't actually pay attention to anything else. Um, so it's great. Awesome. I kind of like that aspect though. I like knowing something that my character doesn't because I mm. like the potential of my character wandering to something that they're not even aware of. And I'm like, <laughs> you're in danger. <laughs> you don't know. I do. You don't know, but I do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's kind of an awesome aspect to have within mm. any D&D game. Uh, I think it's so cool. Yeah, that's uh, it's also uh, the thing about playing uh, Auburn, at least for the first uh, part, is that I, was, I knew I was going to take decisions that would be working against the the party uh, and that is exactly what this uh, is because you know I I as a player think it's Kaxi so I could uh, I could be going nah I'm not gonna talk to Kaxi or, or do anything because I don't trust him but 
obviously Auburn <laughs> trusts trust Kaxi saved him twice. He's just a kid. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as well it helps with player choices in the sense that you can have those feelings, you can have those thoughts and stuff like that. And you know if for some reason Marty decides to put, you know, Kaxi in front of you that will help you kind of go, oh, maybe I'm actually going to, you know, make that interaction. Maybe it's a, the thread that, you know, Marty's pulling. I don't think that's technically metagaming for me because, like, the, the GM, if you had gone, like, we'd gone back to the camp and you'd said, right, I'm going to go talk to Kaxi for literally no reason whatsoever, then that, I think, is metagaming. But if Marty then, like, starts throwing some seeds on the floor, it's like, okay, I can, you know, pick this up. Maybe this is a trail that leads to something interesting. Um, and I think that's important because especially when you're improvising in the middle of a session, it can be hard sometimes to understand what Marty wants without them going, right, okay, I've put you in a corridor, there are no doors. That at the end there is the goal, and if you diverge, then I'm literally going to immediately murder your character. Like, you know, because <laughs> some people do that. Some, that's how some people DM their games, because mm. they want you to understand the story, but that's kind of really forced, un, unfun storytelling. Um, I've definitely so, yeah, been I think, in, a, in a game like that. I didn't have yeah, fun. Yeah, me too. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, yeah. there was. Um, I've been in a game where we were using Foundry. This was a couple of years back, um, uh, and the maps, the map that they were putting on, the maps that they were creating, were literally just corridors. And I was <laughs> like, "What's the point of the maps? Like, <laughs> you don't need them. It's just open this door, walk straight forward, and do that seven times over." Um, and yeah, I don't find them too fun, um, but I think this is a better way of doing that. Definitely, mm-hmm. awesome, awesome. Because it was—it's something that I, I didn't really think too much about when I started out either. That that's something you can do. Um, but then I think it was uh, Abria uh, Iyengar, um, who who did it on on Dimension Twenty. Um, they had like a, a kitchen kitchen rooms, so they had they had made like a a, a a story four episode long story where it, it's basically Harry Potter but it's not um and they they take out the piss of, of on, on on the universe and it's it's so amazing to watch and she did that quite a few, uh, like a few times where something happened and and she was just like yeah and your characters don't know that and i i just remember one of the players is Brandon Lee Mulligan who went completely crazy he's like my my I don't notice that he was like so <laughs> taken away by it that that's also that, that that's something you can do and 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 I mean I think you know you do that in movies as well you know usually you, you yeah. see the story from from the hero's point of view but you do sometimes to you know see other things happening just to to get some you know what's happening in, in this world what what's happening in the story so, so. it's super, it's a, it's a, such a I genuinely like in storytelling in obviously probably not so much actually no i completely lie it's heavily used in books as well like you'll have just like end of chapters have like a few paragraphs of something that is completely like not happening within the realms of what your characters are seeing you have it in films all the time you have those like little you know as as, uh, amanda's already said you have those like marvel type endings that can sometimes be completely irrelevant it can be like on the bad guy side so none of the heroes would have seen it it's important for the audience and as actors, we are technically the audience when we're not playing our characters as well, right? That mm. is important. Uh, that I think that's a really important and effective story hook um, and way of telling uh, just any kind of any sort of media. I think that's that's it's quite quite effective. So yeah, I don't understand why people would be anti that. It's very yeah. common. <laughs> it's like um, in the end of the the first session, you had all of us take our headphones out so mm. that you could talk to Benjamin. Yeah. And I still haven't gone back and listened to that because I'm like, that didn't happen to my yeah. character. Like, mm. I don't know what happened in that moment. So like, I haven't even indulged my curiosity, which like, if you know me, that's how, how you're that's still, a big thing. Are you still sitting still? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Maybe you should watch it right now. Yeah. No. Let's all go watch it together. Wouldn't you like to? Um, <laughs> you want to know what no. happened? <laughs> um, that's another thing where I'm a little bit... I can't figure out if I like that or if I don't like it because sure, I think it can be fun because your characters don't know what's going on. On the other hand, um, it can also just be something like you didn't get to see that performance if it was a good performance um and i think that kind of would also be a little bit sad to you know take that away from from you as a player um so i can't really figure out it i think it's 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 a balance 
Um, I think you can use both because uh, whenever you do something like, like you know, saying to us we take up, take off our headphones and we uh, don't get to listen, I expect to be surprised by something then further down the line, mm -hmm. and not just I never get to figure out what that was. <laughs> yeah, I like it. One of my one of my other DMs uses it quite often. Like he he pulls one or two players into like a private conversation. Um, and something happens and then they come back and it's like all secretive or or something like happens right away or like not but like i i genuinely really like that element because i'm like oh what's going on what happened <laughs> she okay <laughs> she's being a bit derpy today <laughs> um, um no so yeah i, I, I agree. like it yeah, 100% of my D&D is done online now and in kind of like the long running game um I have it's we the DM very often like some things will happen and he'll like okay I'm just going to send this person like a quick DM because this thing happened and if they want to share it with someone although they do have a rule as well which is if they hoard information for too long and they don't share it with the group after a while he will just tell us because he's like that's mm -hmm. not what He's not about it's not supposed to be about like hoarding information for one character he wants us to be working as a team kind of thing um but he does it because there's like it gives us a moment as actors playing a game to you know give that information out especially if, it's, if it, that's the natural way someone would have got it is that you know one person um, would have got it in a particular way that no one else would have heard or seen mm. then it gives us a, a reason to go right okay i'm gonna you know bring this into the rest of the group and it gives us mm -hmm. a chance to have those kind of like roleplay moments um so i think if it's done correctly and it's done respectfully i think it's like a super super effective method mm -hmm. but you're right it, it, sometimes it can you know that there, there are times and places and also people like some people it will happen to that and they'll just hoard that information and they'll never tell anyone else because they want their glorious like reveal moment and it's like mm, that's not like why we're playing like it's not for you to have a moment it's for us to create like an awesome story for all of us together kind of thing yeah i once gave one of my players in my our private game a letter and he didn't he read it and he was actually like yep yeah, that's fine now i have this letter and then just sat on it for five six sessions or something like that Jesus. and i was just Might like more <laughs> and i was just like okay interesting we're still not getting to this bit um but then actually when we finally did it created a completely different moment than what i had in mind uh, but a, a, i think it was a good moment uh, where uh, where amanda's character Ryan found out that her dad is actually not dead um and so so and I, and I think that is one of those cases where it was giving to the right player, even though I, as the DM, was like, what is he doing? Why is he not doing anything with his information? But I think that in that in that case, it turned out brilliantly. Mm -hmm. um, I had a moment uh, when I last DM'd uh, two weeks ago where I used both, where two of the players uh, were struck by madness and the other two just, uh, just had a, a weird feeling, but then the other two... Uh, I just held the book up and had them roll randomly and says, you have to act on this now <laughs> to them. And they just started doing it without without saying anything, just started doing weird stuff and being weird. <laughs> and the other two players were like, what the fuck is going on? That's amazing. <laughs> and then at the, at the very end, uh, a player uh, ha who had a, a patron did something that he hadn't told the other players about anything. And I, and I just revealed that someone only to him that the others couldn't see uh, him that someone was watching him from the shadows approvingly so <laughs> so the others knew that the, the stuff he's uh, he's been doing that was also kind of weird is for some reason now <laughs> so so i did both and it can work uh, if you if you trust trust the players to mm. you know not immediately says i've been struck by madness and now i have to do this <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, when the when the, the DM like plants a seed, or there there has something has to be done, and the other players don't know, it, but like one does, and you're just like, what? it's like in our private game, um, Marty replaced one of the players with a doppelganger, and like had him interacting totally normally, normally with everybody else, and like we were supposed to try to figure it out, but we didn't because we're 
didn't catch on. I mean, I was in a jail cell. I feel like I'm totally excused here. <laughs> um, I had like one interaction. Um, but like, it was a really interesting moment with that reveal of like, holy shit, that wasn't yeah for the past Bernard. for the past two sessions. You haven't actually played with with that character. He was mm-hmm. a doppelganger, and and that player uh, Michael, he did it so well. Uh, he changed small things about his you know things that the doppelganger wouldn't know, but that the players would know. But obviously the players don't think anything is amiss, so they don't really pay attention to those small uh, you know, deviations. But me as the DM, I was just sitting there and just having the time of my life because it was, I've, you know, because to me it was so obvious. He's not acting normal. Why you're not reacting to it? It's brilliant. I love it. <laughs> in the end, they're all just going to be double gangers, and it's going to be uh, the big reveal, like that, Sp- that Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other. <laughs> All right. Um, just before we end, um, any thoughts about upcoming sessions? What's going to happen? What you stuff you might want to happen? Anything in that uh, in that area? I think that we might get to meet the goblins for real, mm-hmm. like the, the tribe. Yeah, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. What's left of them? Oh, oh you <laughs> went there. That's so sad. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> it's it's literally just or now. Yeah. Or in the one that we rescued. Yeah. We'll kill him. Just <laughs> Strix needs more bodies. Oh, he's, he's clearly been corrupted. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I think me and the goblins would be good. Um mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if anything happens. Um, again, talking as an as the as me, not as Arlene here. Interested to see if anything has like changed at the camp when we get back. Given that we know that Watam is kind of at least we know of one thing. Who knows? Watam could be could be talking to other people as well. Um, for all we know, um, and given that the people are getting quite desperate, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, if anything else changes. Um, also we're clearly getting more powerful and other people aren't um they aren't getting their kind of powers back and whatnot um and we're gonna have to potentially try and hide that um not necessarily hide it but maybe explain it away in some way um i was about to say given that we have been quite open about not having the things that we used to have but actually that was quite that's mainly arlene everyone else has been quite has held their uh, cards quite close to their chest on that one, but Arlene has been very vocal about the fact that he... I think Auburn uh, said that he couldn't he couldn't do as well as he used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm talking more on like a level of like with the civilians. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah, Arlene has <laughs> what, been like quite vocal with knows. people. Yeah, outside <laughs> of the group about the fact that he is not capable of doing things, and now he is capable of doing them. Um, and so I'm going to have to figure that one out somehow and I'm, I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do that yet and I feel like Marty's just asshole enough to make a problem for me um, so you know, you know. True. <laughs> just a second just need to write some notes <laughs> you, you're the only one capable of healing you can never leave the camp again Everyone literally, literally it was nice being able to heal people again and be relatively it was nice to be saved thank you yeah. you're welcome, you're welcome. So you're not use, useless because Nessa might really have died <laughs> if you weren't there. It's Auburn true. could do nothing about that other than kill the monsters. Which is, you know, great. And then obviously the great part where everyone just rushed in without me. That was also fun. I was just left behind, like, trying to stumble my way. Not through the dark, I have dark vision, but trying to figure out what the hell had happened. Um, why Auburn had ripped his horns out of the wall and why Neza was just laying on the ground dead. I think that was it. I think that's all we had. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, if you have any questions to any of us or what's going on in the campaign, you can do that uh, over at our Twitter at Crowded Tavern, or you can also join our Discord at geekherring.com forward slash Discord. Um, you can also find all the links at thecrowdedtavern.com. 
Amanda, you got anything to add? If you like what you hear, don't forget to like and subscribe. I feel like such a YouTuber saying that. Like and subscribe. Um, click to... here or here. I don't know. <laughs> Wherever it Somewhere. is, click that button. Um, and or follow us on your podcatcher of choice. And if you uh, want to give us a review, that would not go amiss. Thank you. All right. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.